Friday, everybody. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. Along with me for the ride, he is Grant Bills, dressed for the occasion. It's Friday, Grant. What up? Hey, Ben. Look good, feel good. You know, uh, I didn't think we would talk about that today necessarily, but Ebo and I just spent the last 30 minutes here in Madison on the morning show talking about some comments from Mike Leach and whether the tie is a pointless Mm. addition to a wardrobe. And we'll hit that later because that comment, look good, feel good, came up a couple times. Naturally, it was made a generational thing by some infamous callers that often do that. No way. So, uh, good fun. 877-867-1670. If you want to get a hold of the program, fun Friday coming up. So, obviously, the Brewers are back in action tonight. The All-Star break has concluded. Grant is going to a Jimmy Buffett concert on Saturday with Bill Michaels. Mm-hmm. We'll get the lowdown on that from Grant. And maybe I, I might text Bill for a official statement to read on air about you guys <laughs> okay. hanging out at Buffett. But the trade deadline now only 11 days away. Kyler Murray signs a big contract. Packers rookies are reporting today. Football's kind of back. Most importantly, though, myself and Zach Heilprin, sports director at The Zone, we are driving to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days next week. So we'll talk a bit about, you know, what that drive could look like, what the road trip I'm of so jealous. I want a road trip with Zach. I'm excited. I think I, I think the road trip is not going to live up to whatever expectations we lay out today, but we'll get into that. Uh, Grant, first, though, I wanted to start with the Milwaukee Brewers. So they didn't lose this week. Uh, undefeated so far. Undefeated. They also have uh, have not won because it's been the all star break. They're back in action tonight against the Rockies. 7.05 first pitch. Corbin Burns is on the bump. The team 50 and 43. A half game up on St. Louis. Deadline, as I mentioned, 11 days away. So when we started, was it last Monday or last Friday? I don't know. This week has been a big take the temperature, stick the thermometer in the mouth kind of week about where you think this team is at, what they need to do all that good stuff, the moves, uh, maybe in-house, what to do with the injured guys when they come back, all that good Mm -hmm. stuff. How are you feeling? Like, where are the feelings today and maybe how they have differed from that Monday after the giant series when this guy was falling a little bit? Hmm. I'm seeing red Ben Kenny. I'm seeing dead red. I'm, I'm looking at the trade deadline. I want it all. I want all these prospects shipped out of town. I want to go for it. Um, although I'm not going to lie. And maybe you can speak to this. I watched the all-star game on Tuesday night and it did make me feel kind of crummy about my team. Cause for most of the season up until this point, I thought, eh, we're fine on offense. We just need a couple of big sticks. And then I'm watching Tuesday night. And I'm like, man, we don't have anyone like any of these guys. Like the Brewers couldn't even sneak a eighth or ninth inning replacement level bat into that game. Yeah. So maybe adding one or two elite bats at the all-star or at the traded line isn't enough. I've also had my second thoughts this week, but yeah. So that's where I am. Mm, I think I I definitely feel better than I did after the Giants series. If you go from the beginning of the All Star break to today, I think watching the All Star game is always tough, especially when you see Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto and name a under twenty five breakout unbelievable phenom star that the Brewers do not have. I can look at the older guys and know that they've been around for a while. But every year, there's a new guy or two that comes up. 
And then you realize you're like, oh, we don't have a generational hitter in the system or we haven't in, you know, quite some time. My thoughts overall, though, like I came into the all-star break after that Giants series really down on the team. And part of that is because Hater had just blown like four straight games. Yeah. They were 18 and 24 since June 1st. They lost eight of 11. So that's just the natural, I think, sway as a fan that when the team starts losing and then you have a week to think about it, you just stew on all the little things. But today going into the second half, first of all, I think there's no way they lose that game tonight against Colorado with Burns back on the bump. Oh. No chance. I, I I might even give a Ben Kenny guarantee, which has not really worked out for me in the past. But <laughs> when I think about the team, like I, I'm in a much better spot, maybe even than I was during the first half of the season because I'm excited for the deadline because I think there could be a lot done by the team to get better. I think there is an opportunity there. We talked a lot yesterday and it was a really good question. Uh, Bill was focusing on this, whether the Brewers are closer to winning the national league or closer to missing the playoffs. And I think Mm -hmm. it's an interesting point because objectively they are one game away from being out of a playoff spot. They're a half game up on St. Louis and St. Louis is the last wild card. So if they fall back a game, they are objectively out of the playoff picture. And they, if the season had ended, they would not make it yet. I mean, you look at their schedule going forward, you look at the team and their health and you think that better things are to come. They played to an 86 win pace through the first half of the season. We all thought maybe low nineties would be fair, but the schedules there, a lot of games are at home. I think mm-hmm. if, if we had to take a temperature of entering the all-star break, I was definitely around a, a four or a five, just down on the team's chances and what could really be done. This Juan Soto stuff has been interesting. I think I'm up to like a seven and a half or an eight. Okay. It's amazing what a couple of days will do. Um, it's days of not losing, I think is the key. Yeah. Or not having well, to watch couple- the offense. Yeah, a couple of days of going undefeated. Undefeated baseball really helps. Like you said, no wins, uh, but no losses either. The second half of the season can't be worse than the first, right? Now, I don't know if they'll get better. Oh, I think I, it I can like be. A, you think it could get worse? Oh, definitely. I mean, if they hit another dud stretch against the, the Pirates and the Cubs and they lose the division and if they miss the playoffs, I think no doubt it, it, it will be worse if they end up playing themselves out of a playoff spot. Okay, here's the way I'm looking at it. The schedule gets way easier. They had three three city road trips in the first half of the season. That's pretty brutal. They had lots of injuries and attacked their starting pitching. And then Josh Hader went in the tubes. And I feel like their entire offense really hasn't been healthy at any point. So I don't think they could be more injured in the second half. And I don't think the schedule can be harder in the second half. Now, if they play like crap, sure, they could go in the tank. But I, I don't see that happening. I, I think the Brewers either play much better build momentum and make us feel a lot better about the team and their trajectory, or they just stay the same. And we're just kind of sitting at our TV every night waiting for this team to take off. And it never does. I think those are the two most likely possibilities. I can't imagine the wheels falling off. Like you you said, it could, but with the team getting healthier, I assume, and the schedule getting easier, I, I think they either stay the same or take off and get hot. I do have a little bit of trouble with the, the schedule is easy thing because I will give one anecdotal example and it will not be, you know, the entire story, but a couple years ago, it might've been last year, the Philadelphia Phillies were 
within a couple games of first place. And it was last year because the Braves went up and, and took the division. They were definitely competing for the division. They were in first place at some point in August. They looked pretty good. And they just had to play above 500 ball to make the playoffs going in. And yep. we looked ahead to the schedule. They played the Diamondbacks. They played the Rockies. We said, oh, this schedule, the next 10 games looks favorable. They can just go out and take care of business. They'll make the playoffs. They end up getting swept in Arizona. They drop two of three to Colorado. And then just like that, the Braves get hot. And the team misses the playoffs for the 11th straight year. And I guess if you want to look at a little snapshot of the Brewers first half that happened against the Cubs and Pirates where imagine we're in September, this team has the ability or the lack of ability to go four and six in those stretches. So like, I don't mean to put a cold blanket on this whole thing. I feel much better about the team than I did entering the break. Part of that is just the time. And I'm talking myself into all these trade deadline guys they could get. But the one thing I don't think I'll do Aside from the home schedule, which I like, I do not think I will look at who they are playing and automatically say, okay, shoo them in. Because Bill was looking at this yesterday, and, and I'll pull it up. The, the St. Louis Cardinals finished the season with the easiest schedule you have ever seen. So yeah. it's not like they are the only ones with this favorable draw. The Cardinals also play in this horrid division and get that same luck. The Cardinals finished their season. Listen to this. Three games at Pittsburgh. Before that, they get three games at home against Pittsburgh. So the last six all against Pittsburgh. Nice. They, they do have two against Milwaukee, a series against the Dodgers, a series against the Padres. But before that, they play Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Washington, Chicago. Like The Brewers are not going to be the only one with a favorable draw coming in. So I think where I stand with feeling good doesn't have to do with who they're playing because we know they could lose, go out and lose to anybody. We've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just about... Like you add a bat to this team, you put the juice in, you feel that energy from the lineup for a couple of weeks, and then they just yeah. get rolling. Well, and with the schedule, I'm talking about the home games. I think we're agreeing. I don't really care a ton who this team plays because I think they can beat anyone and I think they can lose to anyone. Like they've shown, they'll get swept by the Pirates and then they'll go out West and they'll win two of three in San Diego or in LA, right? I think this team can play up or down to anyone, but I think this team, right or wrong, in the first half got so in their head about we have another three city road trip. We got to do it again. And I, you know, that does got to be tough. I I don't pretend to know what that's like, but I think they talked about it so much. And it was such a point where maybe they made it even worse on themselves than it needed to be. You know what I mean? Like, I think they talked themselves into being stressed out and and being kind of really down about going on the road. And the fact that they're at home way more in the second half, makes me feel better who they're playing is secondary because as you said, you could win or, or lose to anyone. And I feel the same about the Cardinals. Well said eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. I'm definitely with you there. So Brewers stuff will definitely persist throughout today. We'll preview their series against the Rockies and the game tonight. A lot of trade deadline talk. There've been some cool articles up on MLB.com of players to watch players who tra- whose trade stock is rising that the Brewers could be in on. We'll get to all that coming up in a bit. As I mentioned, Zach Heilprin and myself are going to Big Ten Media Days next week. He will join the show at 11.18 today in about an really? hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I just texted him while you were talking, and he said he'll come on. So awesome. we're going to talk about my and Zach road trip to Indy, and then we will have him on and talk about it, as well as Big Ten Media Days, Wisconsin football, 
all of that good stuff. The Kyler Murray contract, we'll hit that later. Packers rookies are reporting. We're going to talk about the rookies that could break out this season or just overall thoughts on the new class now with training camp getting underway. But Grant, I cannot finish the first segment without talking to you about what's going on on Saturday. So you and Bill Michaels are going to Jimmy Buffett. We have heard it play out publicly on air with the whole ticket extravaganza and the exchange Mm -hmm. of tickets. So you will be going. Bill is picking up the RV. Uh, I have seen pictures of these tailgates and these parties. And let's say there have been large adult toys, I think is the most fair and PG way I can put it. Uh, What in the world is happening on Saturday? So I joined you and Bill on, when was that, Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. And, you know, we were talking about it, doing this on-air dance about, hey, Bill, give me some tickets. And he'll be like, oh, I'll have to look. Yeah, I'll talk to my guy or whatever. And I texted him after our hit. And I'm like, look, I, you know, I'm mostly just jobbing you on air. Like, it's funny. If you actually have tickets and you're willing to give me some, great. But if not, Bill, like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm mostly being a jerk. He's like, yeah, I think I can get them, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, great. I'm going to Milwaukee tonight. I can stop in Brookfield and get them. I can meet you on Saturday. Bill's like, yeah, I got them in my hand. Come come pick them up. So I think I'm going to go to Bill's home, his casa tonight. Ooh. I just want to see the tiki bar. See the tiki bar, but, yeah. You're yeah. dressed for it. But then this morning, I, I get thrown in a group text with Bill and, and seven others. And he says, okay, RV's leaving at this time. Bring a dish. I'm doing brats, this and that, BYOB, the chairs. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so I, I, I would love, do not get me wrong, I would love to ride in an RV with the big unit. Just like I'd love to go on a road trip with Zach. I'm, I'm down for all these things. But here's the thing. My girlfriend lives in Milwaukee. I'm going to visit her. If I tell her, hey, 11 a.m., we need to get in this RV with a bunch of people that you've never met. And I, like, I've only met Bill a few times. And we're going to spend all day, like, we have plans. We're going to get lunch with friends. So now I need to try to find a way to work through this. Okay. you have any tips? No. I would publicly <laughs> workshop or we could just get Bill on and we could, the thing is we could just make this all a big content machine. Well, what? If, that's what this was. That's what, that's what this has been for weeks. I, I'll just tell him, like, Bill, I will meet you at the tailgate once we get there. But we're meeting friends for lunch. We got we got things going on on Saturday afternoon. I, I, I can't just hop in an RV and give my whole day away. Well, I could, but she's not going to want to do that. Got it. I am. I really cannot wait until Monday. So Zach and I are departing after Bill's show on Monday. I can't mm-hmm. wait while we're driving down. We're going to turn on the Wisco Sports Show at four o'clock and listen to your open. I hope there is an RV story in there. Should I? Should I get some audio from some parrot heads around the crowd? Should I go up and get some sound bites? <laughs> hey, do you listen to the big unit, Bill Michaels? What's your favorite Buffett song? You know, can you cut me a liner? Hey, I'm so-and-so from Madison. I love Jimmy Buffett, and I don't I don't miss the Bill Michaels show. I can send you the audio. You can produce some imaging. It'll be great. Yeah. I mean, you got to ask him what drugs they're on first. Well. I've heard so a I lot gotta... about this scene. I've seen pictures. Here's the thing. I would have considered yeah. going... I've never been to it's Alpine Valley is where it is. Mm-hmm. I've never been. I'm obviously, you know, not a long time resident of this state. I've been here for five, six years. 
I just, it, I don't think it's my scene necessarily. And to be honest, there aren't people here that would just go with me down to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Maybe that speaks more on my friends than anything else. Well, uh, my girlfriend and I were both raised in parrot head families. We were actually at the same Buffett concert in 2018. She had really good seats. I was in the Jordan Love seats. And I'm not kidding. My back was against the back wall of the top section of Target Field. I couldn't have been farther away. Um, I've never been to Alpine Valley either. I'm very excited. I, I'm curious to see what the scene is like because I've only seen Buffett once and it was a, a twofer. It was Buffett opening for the Eagles. And I think that probably kept the crowd a little bit toned down. But I've also seen the dead a couple of times the last few years. So I, I, I'm interested to see how they compare. Yeah. 877-867-1670. So more on that, more on the Brewers. A lot of stuff happening today. Uh, when we come back, some trade deadline stuff. There are stories about Juan Soto. We'll talk about him, but mm-hmm. a good article players to watch from every team, one player from every team to watch before the deadline it, for the sellers. It could be guys that maybe stock is rising or falling. That could be sold for a team like the Brewers. We'll tell you who they listed for them, for the buyers. It could be hurt guys that come back. We'll talk about it when we come back. 877 867 That's how you get a hold of the program today. Take calls all throughout the day coming up here after the break and throughout it's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in on a Friday for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. You got to hit it. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels show. It is a Friday. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills here with you today. 877-867-1670. You want to join the show? Do it. Thoughts on where the Brewers are at. We're taking a little bit of temperature, maybe compared to where everybody was as the All-Star break began. It's now been a full week without Brewers baseball. Back in action tonight against the Colorado Rockies. So uh, guys to watch ahead of the trade deadline. Um, Very, very interesting stuff here. First, a little bit of semi-breaking news by Steven Adams, MLB trade rumors. Said Nationals first baseman Josh Bell is among the likeliest trade candidates on the market. And the Astros are among the teams interested in adding the slugger to their lineup. So the Astros, a team that near the top of the AL, I mean, Definitely one of the biggest threats to the Yankees, who are at this point the best team in baseball. The Astros could be in on a guy that I've said really for a while. I mean, Josh Bell is is the guy I'm after here. Josh Bell is who I think the Brewers maybe have to add at this point. Switch hitting first baseman. He brings the average for those that are big into that. He also brings consistency. He brings power. Again, he switch hitter. So how do you fit him into the lineup? I don't know. Maybe Rowdy Telez goes to uh, the DH. You DH one of them, you start the other. I don't know. There there are different avenues you can maybe attempt uh, to get uh, Josh Bell and Telez in the lineup together. But Telez has been inconsistent. So maybe it is just Bell that you need. I think there is something to be said about a jolt that Josh Bell could bring. I That when the front office shows a lineup that they are competing, I think there is a lot to be said about that lineup then seeing that and performing. You see it when managers are fired. You see it all the time in baseball. Just when something gets 
gets shaken up. So Josh Bell, he's earning $10 million this season. He'll be a free agent at season's end. I would even at that point trade for him, find a way, give up a, a prospect. Probably not. You don't need to give up the top prospect for a guy like this. Could be the fourth or fifth in the system. Bell's earning $10 million, as I said, free agent. The Astros, I mean, their payroll is down notably from last year, but it's still astronomically high. But the Brewers could fit that in, and Bell still could be a guy that I look at and say, you know, maybe the Brewers just decide to sign him long-term going forward. So that's what's what's coming out of the MLB at this point. There is obviously much made about the Juan Soto situation. Juan Soto, one of the best players, I, let alone hitters in baseball at this point, being shopped by the Nationals. The Brewers have not been brought up as in contention. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Is it concerning? I don't know. Is it disappointing? I guess maybe. It's expected to me. I, th- I, I never really expect the Brewers to put their hat in that kind of ring. First of all, how much they would have to give up. Second of all, if they're going to keep him long term, it's a lot of money you're you're talking about for Juan Soto. So MOB.com, good article here. They were talking about one player to watch each team before the trade deadline. And this was all of the writers from across MLB. Adam McAlvey said, so the Brewers are obviously going to be buyers. We're not talking about some guy that could elevate his performance and then get sold. The Brewers, as Adam McAlvey writes, the guy to watch is Freddie Peralta. And I think I agree. Here's what McAlvey had to say. Peralta posted a 281 ERA last season, was in conversation for the NL Cy Young Award before a minor arm issue derailed him. We mentioned that here to explain how important he was to the Brewers' plans this season and how much it hurt when he went down in late May with a strain uh, to one of the small muscles behind his right shoulder. Peralta spent the rest of the first half in rehab mode and was nearing his first live batting practice as of the All-Star break, meaning the Brewers can start to pinpoint when exactly they expect him back in the rotation. His progress in the next two weeks will be critical to the question of whether Milwaukee needs any starting pitching among its trade deadline ads, which may also include a bat, center field, second base, third base, bullpen reinforcements. So if Peralta's on a good trajectory, and we watch him over the next 11 days before the deadline, Corbin Burns and Woodruff are solid atop the rotation, could free the Brewers to focus their efforts on other needs. I think this is a terrific point that McAlvey raises here. I mean, first of all, uh, Peralta, if he is healthy and you have the top three, that's realistically what you need to succeed in the playoffs, at least those three horses at the top of the rotation that can come into any series and dominate it for you. Because when you go to seven-game series, you can even have two of your guys pitch twice. So you'll need a fourth starter. But if you have those three horses, that's that's the prime real estate going into the series. Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns would be that. But I've said for a while, I'm not necessarily expecting Peralta to come back and perform at the level that, you know, he's performed at for for a while. Uh, So... When it comes down to it, if if we watch him over the next however long, if we watch him over the next two weeks and he looks good and you think he can maybe return to the rotation, I mean, that means the Brewers don't have to go find another bat or another starter, excuse me. They could focus it all on a bat, which is significant. I mean, I've raised the point of maybe when Peralta comes back, you put him in the bullpen because 
Like, let's say the Brewers go out and they find another arm for the rotation. The bullpen could be a good spot for him. You add a high leverage dominant arm behind Josh Hader, behind Devin Williams. You could also add a starter. Does it require more to maybe bolster your team at that point? Absolutely. But Peralta's health is, again, I still, even if the health is there, I still would put, uh, if I'm the Brewers, put my eggs in a starter's basket along with center field, along with third base. Uh, the technical stuff, there it is. Technical stuff has been worked out. Grant, are you back? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and I could hear you the whole time. You, an excellent job of laying all of that out. And I like your Freddie Peralta bullpen takes. And you've been the first person to that. You've been banging that drum really ever since he got hurt. And we got a timeline for him coming back. Maybe I'm just scared of people coming back from injury. But both him and Woodruff, I was probably a more more pessimistic about Woodruff than I should have been. Because he has clearly shown that he's back. Take away when Council didn't take him out of the game. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely went to the more pessimistic side for both of those injuries. Yet, for Peralta, we still don't know. That's the hard part. So, here, here's what I'm thinking. You talked about adding another starter, and you talked about that weeks ago when we did the show. If the Brewers add a starter that you can trust, a veteran who you know that in a playoff game can go out and give you six innings at least, right? Just a, a consummate pro. He doesn't have to have the best stuff in the world, but just a, a pitcher's pitcher, for lack of a better term. Okay, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's an inning guys, easier, but good. Yes, great. Yes, exactly. So you have Woodruff, Burns, and that guy as a three-man rotation. If you put Freddie Peralta in the bullpen, should Craig Council consider doing a three-man rotation in the playoffs and really riding these guys? Like, hey, we got this year and next, let's go for it. Let's roll with these three guys. We move Lauer to the bullpen, or depending on how Lauer's pitching, maybe he can be that third guy, and you go a shortened three-man rotation in the playoffs. Whew. I don't know if the three-man rotation could work, but the idea of riding them as hard as you possibly can, I'm 100% with, because when else are you going to do it, right? Like last year, they they take Burns. Was it Burns that Council took out of one of those games when Josh Hader gave up the home run to Freddie Freeman late? It wouldn't have changed anything because it was still Freeman versus Hader. That would have happened anyway. But there still was, I think Woodruff went six innings in the playoffs last year and Burns went five. Yeah, you have to ride him. I don't know when else you're going to do it. Lauer, I still like in the starting rotation. But yeah, if if you're able to ride them and then let's say during Lauer's start, he goes three or four and he's a little shaky, but the offense does something. And then you throw Peralta in after him. That's the recipe to winning for me. Okay, so I think we're both on the same page here. How do we do what the Nationals did in 19 with Corbin, Scherzer, and um, who am I forgetting? Who's the Strasburg. other? Strasburg. Strasburg, yeah. How do we do that? How do we put together a playoff recipe that involves leaning on those three guys as much as possible, and then you have, they had Doolittle, we have Hayter and Williams. How do we do that? How do we have that strategy? It might look a little different. It might involve moving Lauer or Peralta or somebody to the bullpen. That's in spirit what I want to do. I want to ride our top guys as much as possible. We just need to figure out what that looks like. You assemble a lineup with Trey Turner oh, at leadoff, it. who is one of the best shortstops in baseball. 
Juan Soto hitting third, who was young but just unstoppable at that point. Anthony Rendon hitting fourth. He was one of the best hitters in baseball at that point. Howie Kendrick, you need to find an old guy that decides to play like out of his mind. And then I, there were some more pieces there that I'm forgetting. That's how you do it. Okay, so from a pitching standpoint, we should do what the Nationals did in 2019. Uh, offensively, I'm not sure. Not sure how we, how we go about that, handle that. Uh, Ebo messages in. Are you guys really talking about riding starting pitchers into late innings? Uh, yes, Ebo, we are. Because we're talking about in the playoffs when yeah. the games matter. And if you don't win, you go home. I'm not talking yes. about April. I'm talking about early April without a spring training. It's another story to me. All right. 877-867-1670. Adam McCalvey says, Freddie Peralta, the guy to watch for the Brewers the next couple weeks, if the health, if good signs are shown and we get good news on that front, could be news for where the Brewers could look at the deadline. I mentioned Josh Bell at the top of that segment. We'll talk about him and Soto and other guys coming back. There's just a lot of stuff going around about the deadline. We're talking ourselves into who would help, how the team could possibly get good enough to contend for the NL. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills. It's a Friday. We're in for Bill Michaels. We'll be back after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. The technology worked coming out of this break. 877-867-1670. You want to get a hold of the program. Do it. How does this team build a contender? After today, on Monday, we'll be able to talk about a weekend of baseball. It's been a while since that has happened. There was one brewer, Devin Williams, appeared in the All-Star game, though the announcers weren't really sure if he did. Uh, he pitched an inning or part of one. But how does this team build a contender is the big question. What are the moves out there that could be made? We talked about Freddie Peralta. If he comes back in the rotation, do they still need a guy? Do you move him to the pen? Where do you look at for a bat? So I mentioned Josh Bell, and they said the Astros could be in on him. The Astros with a pretty big payroll, Bell making $10 million, but a free agent after this season. There's also an article up on MLB.com of MLB players whose trade stock is rising at the moment. And included in that article is Josh Bell. Two home runs over the last month, 15 extra base hits, an impressive 360 average, 430 on base, 596 slugging slash line during that time. With the worst record in the majors at the break, Washington, including Soto, appears headed for a fire sale, and Bell, an impending free agent, should be among those on the move. Bell could provide help at DH for a contender with a without a need or with a need at first base. Potential fits they list, the Astros, who I mentioned, the Mets, and the Red Sox. Not the Brewers, necessarily, though I think the fit is very clear. Does Josh Bell do it, Grant? Does Josh Bell, just that move, do it for you? Plus a bullpen arm. Um, I want two bats. Josh Bell and somebody else would be great and an arm. Dude, I'm... I'm 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 aiming big. So if you ask me throughout the show, is this enough? Is this probably not? I'm setting my sights very unrealistically high for historically how cheap and inactive the Brewers have been in most trade deadlines. I think Josh Bell would be a nice bat to add into the lineup, 
But wouldn't you agree if you're putting all of your eggs in the Josh Bell basket, maybe, maybe leaves a little up in the air. Like if you're depending on Josh Bell to transform your whole offense, maybe you get lucky. But then again, we're playing the chance game. Everything with the Brewers is built on maybe it'll work out. Maybe they get hot. I don't know if Josh Bell comes with enough certainty into the offense where that's going to be enough, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said, as I mentioned, about just giving a jolt to that group. First of Mm -hmm. all, you add him at the three spot or the four spot in that lineup. You're pushing whoever else would be there back a bit, which is big. Yelich will be leading off. Adamas likely second. Then maybe you put Josh Bell third. And the biggest thing there is you put Renfro fourth. Telez and McCutcheon are the next two. You're moving those guys back. So not only are you creating natural depth in the lineup, instead of mm-hmm. just having five guys that you trust and then four that are very kind of hot and then very cold at the same time, I think it changes a lot. I think that would do it if you throw in an arm. But the question I, I asked you and, and I will ask now, let's say there you had to take an option at this point. The Brewers acquired Josh Bell for one of their top prospects. Or they go out with the Oakland Athletics and a couple of guys that are under a bit more club control. They get Ramon Laureano, the center fielder. I don't know if he'll be dealt, but this is a hypothetical. Ramon Laureano and Frankie Montas in the rotation. So they add another stud arm that gives them three, and then Peralta will see what happens. And they add a center fielder that can hit, but isn't that impressive by any means. I mean... Uh, I think this is a bit of a down year for him. His numbers line up with the entire Brewers lineup. It's like 257-something OPS. But I think that's a guy that isn't playing up to his potential at this point. If you had to choose between the two, which one do you favor? So I'll take the Oakland package, which is something you've been on for a while. Here's why. You're getting more club control. And with the bat, neither one of these guys, Josh Bell or, or either one of the Oakland guys, are going to transform this team by itself. You're not adding Juan Soto. You're not adding Freddie Freeman. So basically, when you're adding either one of these bats, you're betting that it will have an effect on everyone else. It'll transform the rest of the offense. So you're betting on an idea as much as you're betting on a player. So I will take the better priced item because I think you're making the same bet either way. And if I can get an arm back, you know, what if Woodruff struggles with his hand the rest of the season? And now you're going into the playoffs with Burns and a bunch of question marks. So I, I'll take the Oakland deal 100% because I, I don't think Josh Bell is going to be worth what you give up and the club control isn't there. I definitely agree. And as I mentioned, you put Peralta in the bullpen with that rotation, and that is a scary lineup of pitching you will go into every series with. And then Loriano will, I mean, the defense, he's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. There have been some big hiccups, a couple inside the Parkers because of, misplays by him but still overall terrific center fielder that stabilizes and changes that position defensively which is very important since we've last talked I mean Alexander was uh DFA'd Chichi or excuse me Jason Alexander was option Chichi Gonzalez was DFA'd so those guys aren't going to be coming up in the rotation anymore finally so maybe the defense definitely in the infield isn't going to matter as much if um all of uh, you know, the, the pitching stuff and the great pitchers are back and we don't have to worry yeah. about Alexander, but I'm with you. 877-867-1670. How do the Brewers build a contender? 
I mean, there also are veteran bad options out there. When I mentioned, you mentioned the 2019 Washington Nationals. I've also thought a lot about the 2014 Giants. The Giants had one star hitter. It was Buster Posey. And then the other guys got hot and they won it all. They're not in a, they weren't in a very different spot to the Brewers at this point in the year. And overall with dominant pitching, at least guys at the top, a bullpen that rounded into form as the playoffs came around and in a lineup that did enough. The 2019 Washington Nationals, I mean, uh, they clearly got hot. We saw them in the wild card game with that misplay in right field. But you look at what their lineup could do, and this is maybe where I'll I'll draw the difference. I mentioned Turner and Soto and Rendon. Victor Robles in center was playing well. Adam Eaton was a singles machine for that team. And then Matt Adams, for no reason at all, just decided to hit bombs. Howie Kendrick hit 344 yeah. that year for the team. Just was, was on great. fire. World Series had a couple massive, massive hits. So I don't really see a 2019 Washington National uh, recipe. But look at the Braves last year. I mean, throughout the year, a lot of significant injuries. Acuna tears his ACL. They, are, they were not really a, on the World Series picture. Until the deadline when they added Jorge Soler. They added uh, the left fielder, uh, Adam Duvall, from the Reds. Mm-hmm. And, Rosario. Yes, and I believe an arm as well. And then those guys catapulted them. So there's that way you can attack it with multiple bats that were undervalued and then could get hot. There's the one big ticket guy, in theory. Or there is the pitcher and. And I think there are a lot of good avenues to go down like there are a lot of ways it could work but I think I still side with the you know they get Montas they get Loriano, and you need everyone to be hot anyway kind of deal I don't like the um the bell trade as much because again you're you're hoping that whoever you're bringing in is going to energize the rest of the team so unless you're trading for one super duper star I want more right I want as many guys as possible because chances are one or two Probably won't hit. If they were to trade for four guys, for example, two are probably good. One might be fine and one might bust out completely. We saw that with Jonathan Scope in 2018 and what happened there. Dude, Trey Turner, can I can I just complain about something really quickly before we take our last break of the hour? Yeah. Why did the Nationals trade him? I get why they traded Scherzer. Why did they trade Trey Turner? They didn't need to do that. Because they're cheap. <sighs> just but. For the competitive balance of the league, I, I know that's not probably what the learner. Well, there's no way the learner family compares about that. They're going to be selling the team anyways. I get trading Scherzer. Why would you not want to build your franchise around Trey Turner and Juan Soto for the next however many years? That still just irks me. Yep. I mean, everyone, maybe rightfully so, criticizes Brewers ownership for not spending a lot of money. They did spend money on Kane and Yelich and... At this point, not working out so great, but at least they're not trading away every player as soon as yeah. like if they get a star like Trey Turner, I don't think they would just trade them away like the A's would. They're not that low of cheapness. Great. I guess, which is good perspective. That that sucks that we have that perspective in baseball. Feels like three quarters of the league is just trying to be as cheap as possible all the time. Right. Uh, Bo Hoffman (laughs) tweets in. He says, how do the Brewers win a world. How do they build a World Series contender at the deadline? He says, Jorge Lopez, the closer for the Orioles. There's your bullpen arm right there. And Ryan Mountcastle, also from the Orioles, first baseman. The Mountcastle thing is tough. 
He is has had a terrific year, his third year in the bigs. He's hitting 270, 780 OPS, 14 home runs. He'd bring you some power. He had 33 bombs last year, hit 255, OPS around 800. He does kind of fit the mold of a lot of the Brewers lineup. However, he's not a free agent until 2027. So I don't like the Orioles, first of all, are kind of in contention. I don't know if they'll sell. And the playoffs are expanded, so there could be more bubble teams in that regard. But I don't know if they will go sell a guy like that, that they have control and under contract cheaply for, you know, uh, at this point at the deadline to get back a prospect. Because, again, prospects, we don't know what they'll be. Mount Castles turn into something. So that one I think is tough. Uh, Big Joe tweets in. He says, get a cardboard cutout of front row Amy. And every time we win, we peel a section. Uh, is that a major league reference, I guess? Yes, it is. Uh, if it was anything like counting down to council's record-breaking win, it will take forever to peel the clothes off. That <laughs> so we need to keep that in mind really quickly. Another thing before we take this break, yeah. if we trade for Montas and Loriano, are we 100% sure that we need to add a reliever? You have such a glut of arms. Think about it. You could do a rotation of Burns, Woodruff, Montas, Lauer. Yep. And then Peralta's in the pen. Ashby's in the pen. If they bring up Ethan Small post-deadline, which would be very Brewers-ish, and he's any good, there's another random arm in the mix. And then you have Box, Williams, and Hayter. I'm always down to add a reliever, but maybe they could spend that capital adding another bat. Because if they get another great starter they can trust, I don't know that they need another arm. You can always use one, but I don't know if they need one. I 100% agree. We're talking about bullpen depth, too. And the depth mm-hmm. won't matter as much if you have that many great starters and yeah. then a pretty much clear path to the ninth inning every game. I'm with you. High leverage, Freddie Peralta. I, I think that could work really well. 877-867-1670. How would you build a contender if you are David Stearns with this Brewers roster? What you could do at the deadline? We'll talk more about that when we come back. Zach Heilprin will join the show at 1118 to talk about our upcoming trip to Big Ten Media Days. The road trip, Grant, we will get to at the top of the hour. It is sure to be an interesting topic. I think you might be more excited for it than Zach and I and myself are, or you might be more excited for the storylines, but we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. It's a Friday. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. Bill Michaels Show. Coming up, 1118, Zach Heilprin. Him and I will be live from Big Ten Media Days on Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m., Wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m. Though the Brewers do play that day, so it will be available only on MadCitySportsZone.com and the Zone app and all the streaming websites. It will also be a podcast afterwards. Search Kenny and Heilprin to find all of our other stuff there. Can't wait for that. We're going to get into it a little more when we come back. Also coming up today, other stuff I want to hit on, Grant. Mike Leach, I had some strong words about whether ties have a lot of worth to us and society. It was a topic this morning. It got heated. We'll revisit it a little later. I think we might agree, which sucks, because Ebo and I got into it a bit. But 
Mike Leach, thoughts on ties. Big Ten Media Day preview. Packers rookies are reporting today. Which rookies could be standouts? There's a guy I'm circling that I really like. We'll talk about that coming up later. More Brewers as we go along. How would you build a World Series contender if you're David Stearns? Or is this team already one? I don't necessarily think it is, but, you know, you are you have the right to also believe that. They could just get hot. Who knows? What else? I think that's really it. Brewers-Rockies tonight. We'll preview that game. Talk about pro football focus, what they're saying about the NFL. A lot more to come. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.